1: What's up, guys? This is Vlad, and we are back on the Generation Nine podcast today. I'm very excited to bring back to the podcast uh, a guest who's been frequent in our interviews. Uh, he's very outspoken in his views. Um, he spoke speaks very candidly about you know performance enhancing drugs, about synthol, um and also about other substances that um, I would say are very controversial. Uh, now, he's a coach to some of the top talent in the game in bodybuilding, uh, including Regan Grimes, who he's now coaching, and um, he basically made a commitment to take Regan to the next level uh, when it comes to placings, when it comes to uh, winning shows, and it's already showing a lot of improvement. So today, I'm going to talk to him about a lot of different things, um, and of course, pick his brain on... Uh, I would say, more controversial things in bodybuilding. So, very happy to bring back to Generation I podcast, uh, Milo Sarshev. So, uh, so first of all, how have you been? You've been busy. Huh? You've been all over the place.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I didn't really plan it, but uh, right after the Olympia, I started working with uh, Regan, and then uh, I, when I told him my question, okay, the two weeks between the shows and... You know, you can do certain things, but if you come to uh, uh, Vegas, we can make a dramatic difference. And that's how it all started. But, you know, when you train somebody twice a day, post twice a day, and, uh, you know, put everything into it, you shorten your day dramatically. So uh, with all my other clients, uh, I had a hard time uh, catching up. I mean, I had uh, four guys in Egypt, three guys in uh, Prague, Regan in in Reno, and then now in Romania, I have three guys again uh, the after tomorrow. That's crazy, man! You're a busy guy. Yeah, it's it's my uh, profession. That's what I like doing. I still have a passion for it. You know, once a competitor, always competitor. I didn't really plan to be a coach, but uh, he he came as a just uh, normal evolution. I I have few guys. You know, back in the uh, mid '90s, there was not really coaches. I think uh, myself and Chad Nichols started establishing this like uh, early '90s, mm-hmm. and now it's a common um, profession.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now Regan, right? I was going to ask you about that because it's interesting that you guys joined forces together, right? Did did, did he um, you did he hire you as a coach after the Olympia or before? He, yes,
0: right after the Olympia. I mean, I, I tell you this. Uh, I was gone from U.S. from two thousand eleven through two thousand seventeen. I just came like days before the Olympia two thousand seventeen, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing uh, Regan Grimes pictures as a kid, and and then I saw him at the expo, and I was like a fan, uh, taking a picture with him. I, I'm still trying to find that photo, uh, you know, to show him. Like I was really a fan of his physique, because mm-hmm. for me he um, uh, epitomized... epitomized what bodybuilding is all about this aesthetics, shape, mm-hmm. uh, high quality. And then, of course, his height and, and uh, good look, of course, just contribute to it. So I, I see him huge potential, and I was hoping he's going to, in four years, be a really major factor. But then uh, at Olympia, uh, I was really looking for him to show up on the stage, and he didn't really show up. He was kind of lost. He was uh, smallish and uh and uh softish and then immediately uh, in olympia lineup you can't get away with it maybe you can get away with some other shows but at olympia and as you know he he plays very disappointing 15th so after the olympia for the arena you have a uh, less than two weeks so what do you do you you, you do extreme measures so i've seen that he is uh, capable of creating illusion of being much bigger because of his structure Mm-hmm. So, uh, my goal was to bring him in um, Reno much bigger so people can see it that, oh, this is not the classic physique and it's not just the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. There is so much mass to him. Uh, and I think we brought it. And uh, if Sean Clarida didn't show up, and Sean Clarida, great champion, that of course he can beat anybody. He can beat uh, you name it. He can beat a uh, big Rami if uh, judging criteria is going to go this way that you're. Uh, Particular about just projecting his height, weight, structure, and then uh, you know what would he look like in a, if he's six feet tall. tall. But uh, other than uh, Clarita, uh, I think that um, Regan really dominated. That he really presented what everybody was looking for 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 many years, and then he repeated that in uh, in uh, um, Egypt, winning that show. So he's just establishing himself as a really true potential that uh, if he puts, and he will, 10, 12, 15 pounds of quality, by next year he's going to be a great contender.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, honest question, man. I know, it's, I know it's a funny one, but, like, I know Sean Clarita is a great champion, right? But uh, was Regan upset losing to uh, to him? Of course. The... Not, of not, course.
0: Not, because, not,
1: not not just in general, but because he's that guy is from 212 division. That's, the, that's what I'm asking.
0: Well, you know, because uh, uh, what you've seen uh, uh, throughout the years, they, they, they made this 212 class for a reason. For the smaller guys like this can maybe compete and, and be uh, comparable. Mm. And uh, back in the day, I understand that there was Danny Padilla, original Giant Killer, and, uh, and mm. Muhammad Maccabi and uh, some smaller guys. that There was, I mean, Muhammad Maccabi beat uh, Lee Haney, you know, a year before uh, Lee Haney won the mm. Olympia. So back in the day, yeah, judging was a little bit different, but uh, throughout the 90s and, and after the 90s, bigger is better it was established. So mm. you would assume that 175-pound uh, guy, no matter what he looks like, would not be able to affect 270-pound guy. Right. And, uh, but I, I tell you this, uh, as soon as Sean signed up for it, it's like, oh, my God, this is, this is trouble because uh, he always comes super shredded, super hard, complete. He is a little bit narrow, but uh, I knew nobody was gonna touch uh, his condition, Mm. his hardness. And uh, I tell you, I've seen him two days before the contest in a posing room, and I was shocked. And this was Mm. fully pumped Sean Clarita that created even more Mm. illusion. So, he looked huge. He looked like Ronnie uh, Coleman kinda, bursting out of his skin. The only thing that uh, uh, Sean has problem with is narrow. So you can see in the most muscular pose, he's very, very narrow in, in uh, some other frontal poses from a back as well, even though he has a great back. So pose by pose, if I was a judge, I would definitely give it to Regan. So the, to answer your question, was he upset? Yeah, of course. But we all respect uh, Sean. We all mm-hmm. like Sean. And uh, it's kind of accepted. Okay. If, if anybody's going to beat you, let, let be him.
1: No, for sure. You know they should. Br- I think we, you and I spoke about that before. They should bring back the comparison round between the two twelve, and open at the Olympia or something on Arnold. You know what I mean, like how they used to do it back in the day.
0: Absolutely. I mean yeah. uh, Arnold and Franco back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even uh, raised that issue with uh, Jake Woods backstage uh, after Jean-Claire, the 1. I said, Jake, isn't that sufficient for you? and uh, IBB to see that uh, two 12 guys can be very competitive. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean Florida is IBB pro champion. He qualified for Olympia. So he earned, Olympia qualification is so hard to earn. Mm-hmm. Now, if you earn it in two class, you should be allowed to compete in two classes. It is different day, uh, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, uh, I would love nothing more but to see him on uh, Olympia stage. Anybody that qualified earned that Olympic qualification should mm-hmm. be on Olympia stage in each category
1: they qualified. I hear what you're saying. Now, um, were you surprised that Sean Clarita lost at the 212 title, his title at Olympia? Or, what did you think about how... The, the comparisons between him and Derek are so different, I thought, you know what I'm saying? And yes. Obviously, it's my opinion, but like in your professional
0: opinion, um, yes. were so you see, surprised? Or if, Der- or? if Derek beat him at Olympia, so should Regan at the Reno show. Uh, there was no question that uh, best condition on Olympia stage 212 was Sean Clarita. He was that rock hard, dense, strided, uh, super dry. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though uh, Derek brought way improved conditioning, he was still softish, softish, especially from the you know, front, from upper body. But that structure, when he opens up and he has that crazy V taper, unbeatable front double biceps, unbeatable back double biceps. And structurally, he was beating, Sean, it was so apparent. uh, I saw Derek winning. And uh, you see, uh, you can't just judge the conditioning as uh, the only aspect. If conditioning is fair and everything else is overwhelming, then uh, I completely agree with the judges Mm -hmm. that uh, you should go who is uh, more complete. But uh, on that note, if uh, Derek could beat uh, Sean, so could Regan. So, wait a second.
1: Do, do you think the judging criteria changes between show to show, like from Olympia, judges looking for something else at, than in at Reno or Egypt? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is it, does it change?
0: No, 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 you know, not necessarily because, look, I learned to respect uh, what judges are doing. I, I oh. tried to put myself in the hot seat of a, a, as a judge and say, okay, now, you know, make a decision and then elaborate why I made that decision. Mm-hmm. And like I said, in the like, Texas pro show when I was watching the guys, uh, I was flip flopping, you know, one comparison, one round. I would give it to uh, um, Ian Valliere. Next time I would give some poses to Steve Kuklo next to the uh, Phil Klahar, And then the same pose, in you know, second, third, fourth call out. I start changing and, and I'm sure judges are human beings just like we are. And they see what they see. In a, a last contest in Prague, um, Regan was clearly second, six points. So that's uh, second place from every judge across the board at the pre-judging. At the finals, he was fourth place across the board from every judge. Mm-hmm. They saw him slipping a little bit and they award uh, Rafael Brandau mm-hmm. and uh, got him uh, ahead of him. So it's not like that changing criteria it's dynamic sport uh, you see all the commentators oh this guy's fading this guy's sweating out this guy's mm. sweating uh, you know losing control over midsection and legs mm-hmm. so you know all of us if you just look at the pictures okay we know what somebody looks like or he is better than this guy well he needs to prove it on the stage in every single comparison in every single pose or most of the poses mm-hmm. so I, I don't think the judges are changing criteria uh i, I think that uh, it would be just interesting what would they do if they put uh, big ramy next to sean uh, florida so if you if you you know look at the uh size of course <laughs> uh, it would not even be comparison. it would be uh, finished before it even started but completeness hardness conditioning uh balance uh shape uh You know, he can give argument that, oh, he can can possibly be very competitive. Mm -hmm. And then judges need to decide. I just don't see that uh, this was gonna be happening nowadays because they had 212 pounds for a reason. But to go back to what you were saying, yeah, should 212 winner be allowed to, to contest for overall Olympia title open like Arnold and Franco? Absolutely, and I think, We wish that uh, Flex Lewis, several years in a row, had a chance to stand next to Phil Heath or to Sean Roden uh, when when they were respected uh, Olympia champions.
1: Now, you know, back to Regan, right? So, obviously, he's very talented, you know, um, incredibly successful so far in different aspects in fitness and bodybuilding, right? Um, Now, obviously, he joined forces with you. Now, obviously, he's been competing for a few years now, and he's been working probably with with some really good coaches. I don't, I'm not sure who he worked with, but whatever. Now, what do, you, what do you do differently? You know what I mean? Like, what is your game plan, and what are you doing differently so far in order to bring him to that, you know, to that top, top spot?
0: Okay, so many coaches, many bodybuilders accept uh, mediocrity or just doing what is uh, expected of, you know, what uh, they think. They never really give a thought how to maximize every every aspect, every aspect. It's the first thing I said to uh, uh, Regan uh, when when, uh, we started working. What is your profession? Mm -hmm. You know, because if you're a bodybuilder, you do everything. So I said, what is your posing routine? You know, give me your posing routine, your, your choreography. I don't have one. I said, what? So you just go on the stage and perform mandatories, which actually is the truth that every open division guy does it. They give zero effort into choreographing routine, you know, uh, picking some signature poses other than mandatories, putting in a great transitions and have effect on the the judges and the audience and the sport in general. So that was the first thing. Okay. So you didn't do this. Then how about uh, practicing hitting the abs? completely blowing it out, making as deep as you can. Legs separate all the way to the hips. You know, the uh, so presentation is not what you show, it's, what you, uh, it's not what you have, it's what you show. So, uh, this aspect. Now, dieting. They uh, all do pretty much the same, high protein, but uh carbohydrates and fat can vary, but then caloric requirement. It's just like what is expected. Did you actually test it? Did you see? you know, how your metabolism worked, did you time it, did you supply all the nutrients at all times when it's needed so there's no compromises, like when mm. one nutrient is missing or calorie-restricted diet, obviously you cannot maximize it. Mm. So for me, even in two-week periods with uh, with him, I said, okay, I'm going to you know, change your uh, uh, caloric input, I'm going to increase your calories, but I'm going to drop your carbs completely. So I changed the fuel, I gave him zero carbs, and so you can use only ketones from fats, uh, you know, to, to burn mm-hmm. more body fat and actually prepare his body that he can supercompensate that glycogen and create that illusion of size, which actually worked. Mm-hmm. So now imagine if you have a thirteen months and each and every day you're particular about maximizing the day. Okay, through training, are you just stimulating heavy duty or this or that? Most of the people are doing the same routines for ages, same exercises, same tempo, same everything, angle, grip, stance, Mm. you name it. Why? So if you step in the gym with me, and I say I want a maximum stimulation of maximum amount of muscle fibers of your muscle that we are gonna train, Mm. and then I really test you and push you and reach that limit, and then push everything nutritionally into the muscle cells as you're training, and then you have a proper recovery and nutrition, not calories. You know, this is uh, another thing. You know, people underestimate their uh, caloric requirement. You want to grow, you have to be in surplus. You can't be in deficit. Mm-hmm. I made the diets for you know some pros and I give them, oh, this is too much food. Some even quit. They didn't want to continue with me because I gave them too much food. Uh, Guess what? You want to make the castle and you have a three bricks, you're not going to make nothing. You need uh, thousands of bricks. Mm. So is your body. So uh, for uh, for uh, Regan, I don't know if you heard, we have a project Mr. Olympia. Because I do believe that if he does everything right, within three years, he would be absolute contender for the title. That's a
1: strong statement, by the anything. way. That's a, that's a very strong statement. Three years, huh?
0: Yeah, three years, I think, is very, very possible. And uh, we're, we're going to try in two, of course. Mm. Uh, he wants to do it in one, which, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he is that motivated and he, he wants to do it. So, if I ask you right now, okay, this is a perfect example. You are in the sport. You follow the sport. You are not necessarily a Regan fan. But I'm going to ask you, who do you think has most aesthetic body at this moment, aesthetically, shapely? Mm. In a uh, open
1: bodybuilding. Are you asking me?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm. Well, I actually am a, a fan of Regan Grimes, hundred percent. I mean, aesthetically, he looks he looks fantastic. My question yeah. is this: How do you see him beating guys like? And this is just an objective question. You know, what I'm. saying? I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of Regan. Like, this is nothing against, yeah. obviously. How do you see him matching up? Like, right now, there's Nick Walker, right? Nick Walker yeah. is very dominant. There's obviously Big Bigrami. His partner.
0: Huh. In in which department is uh, nick walker well Duncan. you don't
1: you don't feel that the judges are very rewarding of his physique and the progress well okay,
0: they were, but let me tell you even though so let me let me rewind for a second you didn't answer my question who is the most aesthetic you just said that you like Regan, but you didn't say for me Regan is most aesthetic guy in, in bodybuilding
1: and, uh, and, 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 and actually your opinion is what matters because you you have the eye for it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a fan yeah. of Regan. Like I like him. I like him for various reasons. And of course, he looks. He has a great physique. No, no, you know what I mean? Don't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. So
0: for me, you say like, how can I base my opinion that he can go there? Uh, he has the most aesthetically pleasing physique. Shape is beautiful. Now, he has no really weaknesses. Everything is developed. Something needs to grow. Needs to be thicker. Mm-hmm. Thicker chest. A little bit wider back. better arms. Uh, thicker legs. There, they're, you know, but there is no weaknesses, and he has this crazy quality about him. I don't know if you paid attention. Like he has uh, striations through the uh, lower uh, back, lower lats, mm-hmm. mid, and upper traps. Everything is striated fully. Uh, same thing for chest, uh, shoulders, uh, feathers on the on the uh, uh, quads, hamstring, glutes, ridiculous. So. I'm visualizing that with extra muscle mass, a little bit the extra fullness. Uh, can he be super competitive and beating the guys? So, yeah, shape, balance, um, the, the proportions. Yeah, he can beat anybody. Do he you feel like move. if
1: he does put on that, that, that muscle mass that you're talking about, he might lose some of that conditioning that, that you love uh, about him?
0: No, I don't think so, because uh, uh, especially with the style of training that... Uh, I would have, you see, a lot of guys are just going to the gym to lift weights, pound the heavy weights and all that stuff. And uh, I don't think you've seen ever a uh, power lifter, striated, shredded, you know, defined, all this stuff. And a lot of heavy-duty proponents, they don't, don't have that chiseled, fibrotic, strided physique. So with with uh, Regan, I'm insisting on... Uh, uh, full range of motion, maximum contraction, maximum lengthening, maximum shortening, prolonged time of the tension. So I I can actually just visualize, my plan is to get these striations and fibers even Mm. more noticeable. I mean, they're noticeable now. So if they're even more noticeable and a little bit bigger, (laughs) how dangerous would he be? Now, just to go back uh, so Nick Walker doesn't take it against me. I think that Nick Walker won Arnold Classic within five seconds of being on the stage. So I'm gonna say that, I said this earlier. He was so dominant because yeah, nobody else could actually compare in other in aspects. He was a freak, freak in great condition, and then he had uh, uh, chisel deep abs that would create the illusion of more aesthetic, physique, and uh, conditioned very well and, and humongous. So. He really dominated in this lineup, but put him next to more uh, pleasing, like uh, let's say, Hunter Labrada. Hunter Labrada was not maybe in the same condition as uh, Nick, but he beat him fair and square to any of us that know what they're looking for. I know there was a lot of debates like Hunter should not beat uh, uh, Nick because conditioning. There is much more than just conditioning. Uh, Labrada was in fair conditioning, not great, but uh, he had the structure, he had the shape, he had the you know uh you know more and more strong points so this is how i see it would nick walker still be a, a potential olympia title hell yes i mean mass monsters uh if you know, they came in a uh, crazy condition could be again flavor of the day so to speak well, that, I mean, but that's what
1: i'm saying the judges seem to be really gravitating toward it's not just nick walker i'm using it as an example right there's also big Rami. Mm-hmm. there's ian obviously and then hunter labrada like they all you know what I mean? They all have something similar, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, Regan, who I think is is amazing. What I'm saying is like, if he's yeah. gonna chase, the he, the plan is to kind of, obviously he's aesthetically you know very pleasing. What I'm saying is, is the goal to get the mass going, right? Is that is that sort of what you're
0: saying? His it, goal is to, to get him bigger, of course, because with, with this size, he would not contest for a title. I mean, we all know that uh, most beautiful shape. I, I would say this, ask a million people, uh, whose physique they would, they would like to take for their own, and many is going to pick uh, Regan because Absolutely. he
1: percent hundred percent. I agree with you. hundred percent.
0: Okay, so but but uh, now th- that's the question and uh, uh, is this a freak show or a beauty show? Is this going to be just uh, a freak muscle mass, or is it going to actually have to be beauty and shape and balance to it? So uh, the, the um, Brandon Curry being so close, being second, two year, three mm-hmm. years in a row. Right. Uh, Phil Heath being third last year and Hadi fourth. Now Hadi was third, right? So they're still looking, you know, for a shapely physique and aesthetic. Uh, you can say that uh, Brandon is extremely aesthetic, extremely, that this is pretty much also ideal shape, small waist, flaming lats, uh, X-frame, uh, V-taper, round muscle bellies. You know, and he pushed Rami. It's not like uh, Rami had a cakewalk. And I think, especially Hadi Chupan, pushed uh, Rami, especially at the finals. If it went to to uh, Hadi Chupan, I wouldn't be against it.
1: Why is why are so many fans so mean to Brandon Curry? They, they keep making fun of his legs. I don't understand. I mean, like he, he is the Mr. Olympia. You know what I'm saying? He's the second in the world today, and they keep saying yeah. his legs are. I don't know. Do you do you understand what they're talking about? Some of those people online. Yeah.
0: I didn't see them as a hurtful uh, um, comments. I mean, uh, maybe I, I didn't read the fans, it right. I'm seeing the
1: fans online. They they keep they keep making they keep saying his legs are not deserving to be an Olympia stage, which is crazy.
0: Well, no, let's let's be real. I'm going to say this. He needs to uh, catch up in his legs to to create a more balance. And uh, here, do, but Milos, do, he's uh, second
1: in the world, though. Come on, he's second. Yeah,
0: second in the world, in the world but uh, here it is best example with uh, uh, athletes uh, the, the fans are talking take the picture of a top three and cover the upper body okay mm-hmm. so take the picture of the top three and cover the upper body from front side and back and that would you know pretty much answer you right then cover the legs and then look at the upper body you're mm-hmm. going to get a different picture so what does it tell you balance is not there if the upper body guy that is dominating you know, can have the same kind of legs. Now you're, you're having a different story. So I love Brandon's physique. Look, if I would choose anybody's physique uh, from Olympia stage, it would be first Regan and second Brandon. You know, this is what I would choose for myself, that this is like really ideal. But if I would be Brandon, I wouldn't take this uh, comments as a, as a negative. It's just to, to burn the fuel to improve them even more. I say this, uh, and I I stand behind it. Whoever wants to develop legs, they can. Legs are so very easy to put the load on a quads if you want it. If you want to go to the gym to socialize, to make it look like you're training, do some leg presses, do some, you know? No. We were talking uh, three days ago. Jay, Jay is still squatting, okay? I cannot go to the gym nowadays and see anybody squat. I didn't see, in last two years, in any gym...
1: They use, they use the, the gym leg presses. Day, they I, use leg presses now.
0: Leg presses, legs, and this, uh, this and that. I mean, uh, they're going easy, easy way, you know? So, if uh, you want to build the legs, have you ever heard for squats? Can you can you try them, please, and then see? I mean, this is how I would start. <laughs> then you go to uh, the. I mean, I, I like to be sarcastic, yeah, no and truth. then they're, they're going to call me your names. No, no, but no. I speak the language. I speak the truth. Okay. I developed my uh, when I came to the United States. My legs were pathetic. I don't know if you've seen. I had some pictures that I was hiding in a barrel. I was just showing my upper body because I had no legs. I had a flamingo legs, <laughs> I came to the uh, States and said, okay, uh, it's clear, e- either I'm going to develop them or I don't, and within one year, I, I, I made them explode, and then in a couple of extra years, I made them more dominant than my upper body, and not just that, but the uh, people that I would train, I would not babysit them, I would not accept their excuses, I mean, when you have a 20-something-year-old guy or they tell you my knees. 20-something-year-old guy, right? I didn't even feel my knees until, you know, 40 years of age when, uh, of course, I was pounding and uh, I was not really, you know, much careful. But nowadays, one thing, they don't want to do the, that work. We all know how to develop legs. Uh, secondly, the only thing is overtraining, overtraining. Most of the guys that uh, I deal with, Oh, they, they train two days on, one day off, and, you know. I train six days a week, twice a day for 15 years. Never felt overtrained in my life. A couple of times, maybe, for, for different reasons. But, but uh, these kind of things. So, yeah, for Brandon, I mean, uh, he still near to be in a little bit crisper condition because he doesn't have that naturally deep, separated, striated uh, look. So... If he squeeze life out of the muscle, I said that many times, there is a contraction and maximal contraction, and there's a huge difference. They say time of the tension. No, no, no. It's time of the maximal tension. So if you apply that training and you start seeing every fiber on the chest and every fiber on the delt and every fiber on the lats and the quads when you lock it up and you see it, then you visualize it and you create deeper and deeper, and in a few months it's going to happen. Who do you think
1: is the hardest working bodybuilder in the industry that you've witnessed personally, that you know of?
0: Hardest working? Mm. Uh, I do think that Hadi Chupan mm. uh, would be. I, I've seen some of his training and I see he's in shape year round. Um, again, this is uh, just what I think, uh, you know, seeing from uh, outside. I, I very much like Ian Bollier. I see how he trains, and it's mm-hmm. something, but uh, you know, to be respected. Sean Clarida, oh my God, mm-hmm. Sean Clarida. Um, he would uh, pick up the heavier dumbbells than uh, he weighs mm-hmm. and, and do ten reps like above his head. I mean, it, it's unthinkable. Uh, those are those, you know, super determined. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you said Nick Walker. I don't know how he trains. Uh, uh, Matt Jensen is creating, you know, great things from his camp, and I could only assume that uh, Nick Walker is uh, training very hard because he's improving dramatically. And uh, uh, so I want to make that uh, clear. I very much uh, like and respect uh, 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 Nick Walker. I was saying something in a previous interview like he doesn't have aesthetics and shape, but then uh, an our classic, I was the first one to come to him and said, "Look, you made me believer." you won this show, before Prejudging, he was standing right next to Steve Kuklo. And Steve Kuklo was supposed to be one and two, I uh, said so like you won the show. I mean, for me, that was uh, so dominant, and not dominating with aesthetics, because he doesn't have that, but he was dominating with all the other aspects. And uh, that has to be accounted for.
1: Have you ever, and... Have you ever met a bodybuilder in your career who was so genetically gifted, that even though you thought they didn't train hard enough or dieted hard enough, they still were incredible.
0: Yeah, I trained him, Flex Wheeler. <laughs> really? Flex Wheeler, uh, I mean, uh, he is so genetically gifted, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, uh, if you didn't hear it in 2003, I trained him for like three weeks, and he was blowing up, not from day to day, but minute to minute. and uh, using super lightweight and I couldn't push him with some great intensity because he was out of shape. But the changes were just uh, ridiculous. So, yeah, he would be the one um, that uh, not training too hard, uh, he created that. Uh, I, I think that uh, Kevin Lebroni would be another great example, but uh, with due respect, I have to say that he, when he trained, he trained heavy. But Kevin was known to take a six months off, and uh, even now, and uh, again I mentioned Jay Cutler, probably hardest working uh, bodybuilder, uh, you know. So let's just give a, a little credit to to Jay. I asked mm-hmm. Jay uh, after the contest, did you ever take you know some time off? They say hell no. He would use that rebound period to grow. So he would never take time off, and that was like. Uh, discussion with uh, Dennis Wolf and then maybe about Regan, should he take some time off? I never took a time off. And I competed 72 times as a pro. And I couldn't wait for a shot to be over so I can be in that rebound period that I can actually, you know, be in caloric surplus and train and actually grow in front of my eyes. Mm -hmm. So Jay Cutler, a perfect example of, he confirmed it, measuring his food and calories even in off-season, not missing a meal, not missing a workout. And uh, Jay was four times Mr. Olympia, right? Mm-hmm. But he was like six times runner-up. So just think about if Jay Cutler uh, converted these uh, runner-up positions to uh, Sandoz titles, he would be most successful bodybuilder of all time. <laughs> and he was not genetically gifted. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I said that uh, if I was, uh, when I saw him 96, if somebody would tell me this is gonna be Mr. Olympia, I would probably bet my left and the right arm and say, there's no way. Because that was in the 90s, when you have uh, uh, Ronnie and Flex and Sean and Kevin, mm-hmm. and you know, Chris. You know, Nick Pierre. Walker
1: might be heading in that direction also, like Jay Cutler.
0: Could be, listen, a lot of people say that. and. Uh, his popularity is off the charts. So I know that Nick Walker fans, when they hear me say anything remotely that maybe doesn't sound positive, you know, therefore negative, they would be pissed <laughs> off at me. But hey, uh, uh, Nick Walker cannot uh some of the guys, but he would be able to out-muscle, out-condition, you know, and have that freak factor. And then it's gonna be up to judges to decide
1: what's the craziest body transformation you've seen from somebody like from like in a year or even a few months that you've seen somebody transform their body
0: oh yeah i mentioned uh, uh most ridiculous uh, growth of uh, flex wheeler from uh, 208 skinny fat into 245 wow. you know and then going down to like 237 for sure in, in a matter of three weeks uh so that that would be one then uh uh, of course, Ronnie Coleman in 2003, how can you uh, not mention this? And I remember seeing uh, Ronnie Coleman. He would come to my gym every year for all these photoshoots. Uh, I know what I saw 2002. And not just uh, that I saw him for Olympia. I traveled with him. I saw him in uh, Amsterdam when he won the show. Chris me was second, then uh, James third. You know, and then he went to GNC and he lost to uh, Gunther. That was... 2002 version of uh ronnie 2003 version of ronnie showed up in my gym and i mean we all were you know breathless that was like oh my god so yeah that was the biggest transformation you know
1: a lot of people don't talk about that that gunter beat uh ronnie when ronnie was already mr olympia like i interviewed gunter about that actually but that kind of like nobody really talks about that in the history of bodybuilding. We, we actually brought well, up an interview uh, with it's, it's important, I think, no?
0: Yeah. Fair and square, he may, of course, Ronnie's going to never accept that he lost. that You know, judges gave it to Gunter. They had, a, you know, probably enough reasons. Gunter shined at the 2002 Olympia. Nobody expected him to be in top 10. Mm. Uh, I think with the, the way he looked, uh, I mean, he could have won Olympia 2002, the way he looked. You see, this is how people are just... Uh, uh, Myopic and they don't see far, uh, put him right next to, the, oh, he could be top six. No, no. Now, uh, compare to those top six. There is an argument that uh, Günther could win 2006 Olympia, and probably many judges saw that. So now going to the GNC show, uh, they would give him a much better look, and they did. And he beat many guys that beat him at Olympia, and he actually dethroned uh, uh, Ronnie. And I think at that moment, there was never to be expected that somebody can beat Ronnie. Mm. So now, after this happened, they created uh, hype for the Olympia. Can Gunther repeat it? And then 2003, Jay Cutler uh, convincingly won that Ironman and Iron Classic, and he looked like a freak. Now there was like two guys that can really contest uh, um, Ronnie for a title. Because let's face it, 2000. 2001, 2002 version of Ronnie was good, but not that 98, 99, and 2003 dominable. You know, dominated. Uh, the, the, he left a room that somebody can speak in, like uh, uh, Kevin Lagroni in this uh, one of the shows, and uh, it, it was wide open. But uh, when Ronnie showed up at that photo shoot, like uh, three months before the Olympia, and I've seen. Uh, Jay and I've seen uh, Gunther's reaction right there in front of me they lost right that day because when he showed up he was inhumane this was ridiculous how do you feel about
1: how do you feel about Chris Bumstead because I feel like Chris Bumstead is constantly making such insane improvements every year do you feel the same way and do you feel like anybody can defeat him like present yeah
0: Chris Bumstead uh, shocked me now when you say like uh Biggest changes maybe from 2019, 2020 version of his bounce that is uh, one of those also shocking trans- uh, transformations. Yeah. And everything went for better. His size, his shape, his mm-hmm. thickness, his width, his conditioning, back, uh, leaps and bounds, uh, legs better, abs better, chest, shoulders much fuller, arms improved. So, yeah, he did this. And he established himself as pretty much... Uh, unbeatable, mm-hmm. you know, in in that uh, category. Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree that uh, he continued improving this year because uh, uh, 2020, Chris said for me would no question be 2021 Olympia, Chris said for me. Oh really? You know, uh, yeah. So he didn't bring exactly his best, and actually, for the per- first time, maybe he was even nervous on the stage because uh, Terence was very good and in great condition, better condition than him. So, you know, but, but he, still his structure, uh, overall package was too much. Uh, he, uh, for me, somehow is much bigger than, uh, you know, most of the other guys in, in <laughs> uh, classic physique to the point that Jay Cutler would make uh, comments, okay, if he goes to the open division, he would be very competitive, and if he stays there, you know, he could win the title. I mean, do you uh,
1: think that true, or no?
0: I, I don't think so. I, I you know, yes, that uh, shape and structure is tremendous. When he lifts his arms, the the V taper is crazy. But uh, you are limited in your weight category and classic physique um, rules. If you go to the big boys' land, like uh, um, Hadi Chupan, uh, Brandon Curry, Big Rami. Right. you know, how do you really compare them, right? Uh, Chris still doesn't have a world-class arms for uh, open bodybuilding, you know, so this is one thing that uh, is still missing. Legs, even though they're good, they're not bodybuilding size legs still. It's nice, shapely, muscular, separated, you know, so I love his physique, and I think that he is uh, as classic as they come.
1: Do you think and he's unbeatable? Uh, currently? Do you think he's currently unbeatable for next year? Well, so?
0: maybe currently, yes. As you know, I'm working with Logan Franklin. That really, honestly, he's great. He,
1: the, Logan Franklin is great.
0: Yeah, with the with the proper uh, gains in uh, in the size and width, uh, he would contest uh, uh, Chris. He honestly believe, uh, he believes that he has, uh, you know, much better arms and, uh, you know, that the uh, shape is very comparable, that he needs to improve his back, lats, a little bit thickness, kind of improvement that Chris made from 2019 to 2020. And then he would uh, probably be closer. You know, he, he is uh, just using that uh, hashtag, uh, uh, closing the distance. <laughs> but, uh, yes, for sure. Chris is right now very dominating, and uh, many people don't see him lose uh, the title for for years. I want to ask
1: you about Ruli Winkler, right? Obviously, he's one of the top bodybuilders, right? Um, It seems like this year, specifically, he wasn't placing as high. I saw you mentioned something about him also kind of declined a little bit. What do you think he's missing this year um,
0: in his Uh, physique? He's missing conditioning big time, control over his midsection and legs, uh, and uh, I, I watched him from Chicago show that he entered. Going into the show, he was one of the favorites and then uh, you would expect him to, to be in the first call out in top three contender right away, possibly winning the title because he was the biggest name. You know, when you a top three Olympia contender, Arnold Classic champion and you're going into the smaller show, you're immediately favored. But uh, he didn't really look uh, anything like uh, Rudy Winter that we know. So uh, he asked me what is my opinion, and he thought that he was much smaller. I said like, yeah, uh, as smaller as he was, he was still big enough. That wasn't the case. But uh, he needed conditioning and he needed legs. So in the other shows that he entered, he tried to put that size back. And in this last show in Prague, he was humongous. He was that old, uh, uh, really uh, size, but still conditioning was not there. And then probably with the methods of loading to be so full and so round, you know, he uh, affected his midsection, and his midsection, you know, was in tight and uh, in many poses. You see, when you when you have an issue with your stomach, you can't choose the poses that exposes the stomach. You have to glue it to the spine, especially when you do that critical turns. And uh, he didn't. And Steve Weinberger, as a judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notices this is everything. So I think that's why he slipped all the way to the fifth. And uh, I mean, he's competing this uh, weekend in Romania, and I wish him the best. I love his physique. I, I think that uh, when he was a people's champ, uh, he was people's champ for a reason. That upper body, when he opens up in the uh, V taper, uh, the most muscular poses, tries poses. I mean, some, it's just like money shots that nobody can even stand next to him. Uh, with controlled midsection, and he didn't have it. And with improved legs, and he didn't have it. I mean, if you guys are particular, watch the videos from the show and watch his legs. Within three to four seconds, they start disappearing. So you, you can do that when you are at the pro level mm-hmm. and you are in the lineup. That's uh, half of the body. If you, I don't have a uh, big legs. That was the case with the Brennan Curry as well. And then you relax them. So now when you don't have big legs and you relax them, they're gonna look what? Even smaller. They're not gonna be separated. And anybody that stand next to you ready is gonna dominate you. And then you're gonna lose, and then you're gonna wander, and you're gonna have a, you know, complaints. No, uh, you are judged by what you're presenting on the stage, and that's uh, half of the body.
1: Uh, last thing I want to ask you, uh, Miloš, is uh, more like an opinion thing, right? Um, are you familiar with this guy from Europe, Michael Krizo? He competes in uh, right. Slovakia. He's in the uh, IBB uh, elite division, whatever, right? He's like yes. an yes. ultimate champion over there. He's dominating all the shows. Michael Krizo, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are always wondering how would he do here, like on the Olympia stage against the top pros. In your professional opinion, look, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with physique, right? How do you think he would do against the top guys at Olympia?
0: Well, that's a good question because you never know until they stand next to sure. him. Will he be super competitive? Absolutely. Does he have a, a great physique? Absolutely. Those arms are, you know, uh, unseen probably in, in uh, IBB Pro League. It's crazy. He gets in super condition like days before the show. I don't think that... On the stage, he really nailed it 100%. His downfall is he, he doesn't have exactly great V taper and, and dominant lats and, and super wide back. So that could be exposed in many poses. Frontal front uh, frontal biceps, backal biceps, back relax pose, last spread poses, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what I think that he would need to work on if he uh, plans to switch, yes, he's so dominant over there that he doesn't need to improve. That's uh, one of those things when uh, they talk about Arnold back in the 70s. You know, great, but he didn't have legs. Well, he was so dominant he didn't need to improve. If he was competing with the guys, you know, with a, you know greater legs and he felt the threat, he would probably develop those legs. Mm-hmm. So for Michael Creso to be very competitive in uh, Miss Olympia stage, for example. Uh, I think he would have to work on his width. If he improves his width, he is super dangerous. I mean, guy has everything, no weaknesses. Otherwise, fullness, roundness, uh, qualities, striations, cartoonish look, crazy shoulders, crazy chest, crazy mm-hmm. arms, very good legs. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't say he would beat this guy or that guy. You know, this is how nick walker or him that they, they go over uh it's it's pretty much ridiculous to make the comparisons until they step next to each other then you can dissect them
1: got it well milos thank you so much for your time i want to wish you the best of luck with regan of course and all your other clients and thank i can't you. i can't wait to see what happens man. i you know obviously like i said i'm a big fan of his and i want to see what kind of what kind of stuff you guys do together you know
0: thank you thank you generationiron.com for even more gi exclusive content on all things bodybuilding fitness combat and strength sports and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this show on apple podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded